Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, this is Helen Huang, an associate in the statutory insurance team. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. Today, I will be briefly discussing whether a duty of care existed to the plaintiff if both the plaintiff and the driver were on illicit drugs at the time of the accident. This issue was addressed in the New South Wales Court of Appeal decision of Bevan and Houlihan, 2019. I will firstly go through a little bit of a background and then a little discussion of the principles, whether a duty of care existed, how Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act comes into play, if in the alternative a duty of care was found, what is the application of contributory negligence and how does this case and the decision apply to the new act. So I'll go through a little bit of the background and I'll just be really brief in its summarisation. So the plaintiff was seriously injured when the vehicle she was travelling in as a passenger left the road and collided with a telegraph pole. So a fairly significant accident She was in the car with three other people. So there were four occupants of the vehicle and they all had consumed cannabis and crystal methamphetamine. So they had exhausted their supply of drugs and then they decided to drive to a dealer and exchange an iPod as payment for further drugs. After they consumed those drugs in a car park, they were returning from the car park either to a party or back home. So that's when the driver lost control of the vehicle and collided with a telegraph pole. So the plaintiff sued both the driver and the owner of the car. He was also a passenger for personal injury damages arising from the motor vehicle accident. So on first instance, the trial judge had dismissed the claim on the basis that all occupants were involved in a joint illegal enterprise. And as a consequence, no duty of care was owed to the plaintiff. So essentially, this decision looks at duty of care and does the defense of joint illegal enterprise apply to those in the taking of illicit drugs and in the associated use of a motor vehicle accident? The Court of Appeal also considered whether the common law defence 
which is joint illegal enterprise, is displaced by Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act 2002. So now I will go to the decision. So duty of care. So the main issue on appeal was whether the defence of a joint illegal enterprise extended to circumstances where the illegality in question is removed from the very use of the vehicle. So this scenario was very different to the High Court decision of Miller and Miller. In that matter, the vehicle was stolen. In these sets of facts, the vehicle was not stolen and the owner was a passenger in the vehicle at the same time as the plaintiff. The Court of Appeal, the majority decision comprised of Baston and Lemming, and they accepted the finding by the trial judge that a joint illegal enterprise had existed. Their justification for this was outlined in paragraph 33. So I'll just take you to it now. There was a joint illegal enterprise involving the purchase, the consumption, and the possession of crystal methamphetamine, the use of the car to travel to the place of purchase, and back home carrying some of the purchased drugs, having consumed the rest, was an essential element in the enterprise. The possibility that the driver would after consuming drugs, drive negligently or dangerously and thereby commit further offences, must have been foreseen in circumstances where the very act of driving under the influence of drugs was illegal. So the majority decision accepted that a joint illegal enterprise had existed. There was one dissenting judgment by Her Honour Justice McCallum. She would have allowed the appeal because the illegality ought not to have displaced the duty of care. Her Honour said at paragraph 148, there was nothing unlawful in the plaintiff's conduct in being a passenger in the car. The fact that she remained a passenger knowing that the driver had consumed drugs would sound in contributory negligence. And that is not incongruous with the existence of a duty of care owed to her as a passenger. So, in summary, the Court of Appeal accepted, joint illegal enterprise existed, and therefore, there's no duty of care. So how does Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act come into play? So in the decision of Miller and Miller, there was no Civil Liability Act in Western Australia at that time. So Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act provides that damages are not recoverable for death or injury where the conduct of the plaintiff constituted a serious offence. However, subsection 2 excludes the operation of the provision of where the conduct of the defendant constitutes an offence, and this applies whether it's serious or not. So the Court of Appeal had to consider 
did Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act then displace the common law defence of a joint illegal enterprise? And the answer is no. So Justice Bassam at paragraph 24 stated, Section 54 being directed to the existence of a duty of care and in fact assuming the existence of such a duty is not engaged at the very point at which the general law principles apply, namely the denial of the existence of a duty. Section 54 has quite a limited area of operation and is unlikely to apply to most vehicle accidents. That being said, there is no reason to suppose that it was intended to exclude the operation of the general law principles in these areas. So the Court of Appeal found that the, a joint illegal enterprise existed. This meant that was no duty of care owed to the plaintiff. And this meant Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act did not displace a common law defence of joint illegal enterprise. The court then went further to address in the alternative scenario that if a duty of care had existed, what would be the allegation or assessment of contributory negligence? So the trial judge assessed the plaintiff's contributory negligence at 25%. It's surprising to find that the Court of Appeal had increased it to 50% from 25. The leading judgment was from Baston and Lemming, and they agreed at paragraph 127 that all the individuals had ingested the crystal meth, they had driven to obtain more of the drug, The plaintiff was found to be their ringleader. It was she who paid for the illicit drugs. It was she who provided the pipe by which they were consumed. True that the plaintiff did not own the car or that she was driving it, but she was the real cause of the expedition to acquire more drugs. So in the alternative scenario, should a duty of care existed, an appropriate range of assessment of contributory negligence would be 50%. So now that we've addressed duty of care and the defence of joint illegal enterprise and its application of Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act, the main point is... For a defence of a joint illegal enterprise to succeed, it is sufficient if the plaintiff's conduct was incidental to the criminal enterprise. So in the application of this matter, the use of the car to travel to and from the place of purchase was an essential element in the enterprise. And the possibility that the driver would, having consumed drugs, drive negligently must have been foreseen by the plaintiff. So arguably, the principle would not be invoked if the illegal activity was limited to a purpose and with consequences unconnected to the use of the vehicle, such as an assault. 
So as mentioned earlier, Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act does not displace the common law principle being the defence of the joint illegal enterprise. So this decision was decided in respect to the old Act, which is the Murder Accidents Compensation Act. We all know that there's a new Act that's come into effect. So in looking at those at these circumstances and its application to the new Act, which is the Murder Accidents Injuries Act 2017, how would the plaintiff fare? So in the new Act, the plaintiff would be entitled to statutory benefits for at least 26 weeks, and that's pursuant to Section 3.1, Subsection 1. The plaintiff would also be entitled to statutory benefits after 26 weeks, and that's subject to the minor injuries test because she was not mostly at fault. And that's because the assessment of contributory negligence was assessed at 50%. If the assessment was 61% or greater, then she would not be entitled to statutory benefits because she is mostly at fault. The plaintiff would not be entitled to damages because the owner and driver did not owe her a duty of care. So now what about the serious driving offence exclusion in section 3.37? Does that apply? Basically the plaintiff, even though she was engaged in criminal activity, she was a passenger and therefore she was not engaged in any activity that would have resulted in a conviction for a driving offence. So basically if she was the driver, that the application may be different. So in summary, a duty of care does not exist to the plaintiff if both the plaintiff and the driver were on illicit drugs at the time of the accident. The common law defence of a joint illegal enterprise existed in these facts. And that common law defence ousted a duty of care. Section 54 of the Civil Liability Act did not displace the common law principles governing joint illegal enterprise. So thank you all for listening to today's Proper Lookout podcast. Stay tuned for the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.